Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Artist Pivot Podcast. And today we are going back into the archives, y'all, back into season two, which was in 2021. And we're revisiting the episode 205 called Adventure is My Favorite Word featuring Tommy Coleman. And we're revisiting that because on this Valentine's Day 2024, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. One of the things that I love is adventure. And that is where me and Tommy connect, actually. And, you know, full disclosure, he's my big brother um, from another mother. Like, we're not... um, blood related but we are blood related <laughs> like <laughs> he's my big brother i consider him my big brother and we went to temple university uh together and then ended up going to the same grad school in scotland but you know a couple of years apart so we both love adventure and that is something that we have connected on over the course of our friendship and you know tommy opens up about the rigorous demands of the industry and you know the wisdom he has learned of setting aside critical, y'all, critical time for self-care and self-love so that we can avoid burnout in this industry, but also just in life. And I wanted to, I wanted to reshare this episode because, you know, his career is also a kaleidoscope of pivots and he's, he's very good at adapting, you know, and, and learning along the way. And yeah, I wanted to I wanted to reshare this conversation because I also think, you know, we touch on points about self-growth and personal investment and development and also our love for color coordinated closets. um, But how that organization also helps us in our artistic life and everyday life. Um, Yeah. And also, you know, he reminds us of like the importance. Important of the importance, excuse me, of having purpose in your work and also like being ready for opportunities to come to you at any moment, you know, especially as an artist, you know, we work so hard to either put out our own work or audition for other people's work or both or, you know, create projects with friends and other artists that we care about and, you never know what's going to come from those opportunities. So being ready for any opportunity that may come your way and also, you know, having the audacity to believe in yourself that if this opportunity comes, you don't turn it away like, oh, well, who am I that this is coming my way? Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about it that way. And also, I know Tommy mentions like seizing moments in your life, seizing like sunlit moments in your life and to soak up experiences as they come, you know, because also, yes, adventure is is a great thing. But sometimes adventures have peaks and valleys and overflowing rivers and all, you know, all these different things. But to understand that, you know, adventure is actually a good thing. And we can we can turn some of the setbacks on our on our adventures into beautiful moments. You know, recently I have adopted the phrase, the love of your life is the love of your life. And it has, you know, changed things for me, like a a perspective for me of like, oh, right, the love of my life is the love of my life. And so, you know, I want you to think about today. It's like, as an artist, 
it's, well, let me just start with this. As a human being <laughs> on this earth, you know, it's a little tough. Life, 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 life be life in y'all. Um, but then on top of that, we put on being an artist and choosing to follow our passions. And unfortunately, I don't think we get the respect we deserve. So that makes it even harder. But, you know, I want you to think about today is like, do you love your life as an artist? And if not, what can you do to start to love your life as an artist and go, yeah, the love of my life is the love of my life. I love every aspect of it. And being an artist is part of that, you know? And yeah, that's what I want to, I want to say. So we're revisiting this episode featuring actor, voiceover artist, and educator Tommy Coleman. He's my big brother. We do a kiki, y'all, but we also, you know, we got some lessons in this in this episode as well. And I also wanted to remind you all that podcast merchandise is out now. You can go to ayanabay.com slash merch. Also, ayanabay.com slash podcast. Sign up for the newsletter. It's only a monthly newsletter. I only send it once a month. So you'll get updates about the podcast. I do now a spotlight featuring artists who I haven't um, interviewed, but I look at their careers and kind of break down what what skills they would have used to pivot to get to where they're at now. You know, just something that I find interesting. So that's now in the newsletter. But yeah, podcast merch is out. There's new features to the newsletter. Um, the YouTube channel is also out. I'm developing that. Uh, the Patreon will be up soon. And also, y'all, season six is coming. I'm so excited. Season six is coming. So get ready. Get ready. And uh, enjoy this revisit. Hello, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, an actress who wants to educate, empower, and celebrate artists so they have no option but to thrive. On this episode, I am joined by actor, voiceover artist, and teacher Tommy Coleman. A native of Norfolk, Virginia, Tommy's love of acting took him to Philadelphia, Scotland, London, back to Virginia, and eventually New York. He holds a B.A. in theater from Temple University and an M.A. in musical theater performance from the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. He's been in an Emmy-nominated documentary on PBS and can be seen along with Emmy winner in American Dreamer starring Jim Gaffigan. Currently, you can hear his voice as Danny Humble's Infuser, a video game where you control the music as well as Popeye's latest commercial promoting their Rippin' Chicken Combo. As of January 2021, he joined the faculty of Winthrop University as an adjunct professor teaching college students audition techniques and adjusted the curriculum to fit a pandemic landscape. Here's our conversation. Hey, everybody. So today, I am so excited to say that joining me is my big brother, Tommy Coleman. What's hey, up, little sister? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. How are you? Actually, more specifically, how is your soul feel today? And have you had enough water? Like, how's your hydration levels? Come on now. So, yeah, my um, 
my hydration levels are are on a beam. Like I'm doing really well. I'm drinking a lot of water, even though I had two cups of coffee this morning. So if I'm a real hype, it's because I got some nice black owned coffee in my system. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just had a glass of water. Now I'm drinking some tea. Okay. So I'm I'm keeping hydrated. And my soul, my soul. Gosh, that's a great question because it is feeling rather rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to keep it at that word, rejuvenated. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Rejuvenated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got good hydration levels and a rejuvenated soul with me today. Ha! <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. So I just want to say congratulations to you because in this time of the pandemic and the craziness that is the world, mm-hmm. you have pivoted to become a full-time voiceover artist with... <clears throat> Excuse me. He currently has a Popeyes ad out, y'all, a national Popeyes ad, and is the voice um, of a video game character and also now an adjunct professor. So, like, my big brother is kind of, like, the best. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, you're amazing and I love you. And, but I want to talk about, like, how you got here because I know that, you know, these are all pivots. Like the pandemic forced you to buy voiceover equipment, you know? But before we get to that, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's talk about the pivots that got you here to this moment. Yes, we got to. We probably have to go way back because you know me way back when. Yes, yes. So we got Uh to go way back. (laughs) Um, Some of the pivots that have gotten me here, let me go from, I'm going to go from college because I think it's, it's, it's important. So, um, Places that I never expected to go. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for Erda's uh, my senior year uh, at Temple University, where I got my bachelor's in theater, and um, accidentally strolled into this audition for this Scottish school that was overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they called me back. And mm-hmm. not only did they call me back, they after I had my call back, um, I remember the department... Um, chair calling my number and he had the Scottish accent I could not understand at the time mm-hmm. and he left me a message saying something and I was like I don't know what this man is and what he's saying then I was in an literally after I got that call it was like an hour later I was in this hotel where they were hosting everybody um who was doing Erdas and he was coming up the escalator as I was going down the escalator Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need to pull you because we want to basically offer you a scholarship. So <laughs> I got a scholarship to uh-huh. um, what was then known as the Royal um, the Royal Academy of Music and Dan- the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and, Dan- and Drama, uh-huh. excuse me. And mm-hmm. now it's the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. Of Scotland. Mm-hmm. So ended up there, um, was there for a year for my master's program, ended up living in London, working and living in London, worked as an actor in London. Um, my visa ended up expiring and I came back to America, um, moved to New York because there was tumult and chaos in the house that I was living in. I actually Mm -hmm. ran away to New York. Um, and then I ended up while I was in New York, getting a role that I workshopped in London, Mm -hmm. um, at Shakespeare's Globe. So I went back to London to perform the lead role in that. And I think at the time I was a little bit of a history maker. I was the the youngest African-American um, with a title role at Shakespeare's Globe. And it wasn't a Shakespeare's piece. It was a musical. So I was, my character was Dionysus. Um, they were doing an updated version of the Bacchae and my character was like a 
hybrid combination of Prince and Jimi Hendrix, which yes. was great. And also I added some black exploitation in there too because of the way the character was written. So I got to be black AF on a, like on the, the most historic stage in the world. And mm-hmm. I don't think that there's been a person like me on that stage ever since, because I actually twerked on that stage and taught. <laughs> no, no, no lie. <laughs> Twerking on 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 Shakespeare's Globe stage and teaching some of the other castmates to do the same thing. We had a blast. It was it was carnival on that stage. Um, yes. So did that in 2013. Came back home because my mom unfortunately had suffered a heart attack mm-hmm. and she was having heart issues. And I was like, I got to go home and take care of my mom. I hadn't lived at home actually since I was 14 years old for a long period of time. So came home and then I was unemployed. So mm-hmm. all of this like major kind of success that I thought I had had reached had kind of felt like it was disappearing and next thing I knew I was applying to work locally so I was doing a lot of local um Virginia TV commercials and stuff like that and um, because I'm from Norfolk Virginia originally and um then I ended up applying for two jobs at the same time so I applied for um to be a product specialist for a company that um, sends people around to talk about cars. And I mm-hmm. also applied for, um, I applied for and like to be an actor at the local equity theater because I never even knew this theater existed until I came back home. Hmm. And the uh, art- the associate artistic director was like, you know, we, we don't have a role for you like this season, but are you interested in being an intern for us? And it's a paid internship and it actually paid decently. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Yeah. And literally the day he asked me, I think the day before I got a call from the product specialist people saying, hey, you got this job, too. So it was like, how am I going to balance both? But I was able to work at an equity theater as a Mm -hmm. teaching artist um, for I worked there for from 2014 to 2016. But I was also working as a product specialist at the same time because they were lenient enough to um, work with my schedule. So I was able to do artistic things and also do product specialists. But then I decided I need to actually focus on things that are are my dream. And in mm-hmm. 2016, mm-hmm. I took a class. There's a, a local agency out of Virginia Beach called Studio Center, and they had uh, voice acting classes um, that were only, it was eight classes that you took um, two times a week. So I would, by the end of it, you would have a demo. Mm-hmm. Well, I took that class, got a demo, immediately after class was done because the teacher was like, oh, no, this guy here, this guy here. Mm -hmm. And I decided I was going to move to New York because that agency also had an office in New York. So I was like, I'm not going to move to New York and struggle the way I did the first time I was living there. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have the same struggles twice. So (laughs) I moved moved to Jersey City, actually, too. So I'm in Jersey City now. I had lived in New York, and I knew what that hustle looked like and that struggle, and it's not fun. So I was like, let me move across the water where I can still have um, New York be, you know, in my purview, but it won't be, like, in my backyard. So, mm-hmm. I, like, I can go to sleep at night is what mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Um, and came back up here, worked as a, um, started my work as a professional voiceover actor, and I was still trying to do theater as well. The first big theater thing I did, I think I wanted it so much, I, I bombed and I failed, and it actually colored the way I would look at the industry for a while. Um, Mm. And I kind of backed off from doing theater for a long, long, long time. Um, But the, um, after, after 
that kind of bombing, I decided to just go into product specialist work full time. And then I was doing that up until last March Mm -hmm. uh, when, of course, the pandemic came and took away my last two major gigs of the season. And we thought it was going to come back in late summer, early fall. And, of course, that didn't happen. So um, I was propelled to invest in home studio equipment so that I could continue my voiceover work. Because here's the gag. I had booked a video game at the end of 2019, and they told me, we're doing session one now. The next session won't happen for another six months. So I okay. knew the date of my second session. And mm-hmm. it was a month after pandemic like happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to buy this equipment now. I'm going to lose this, this video game gig. And mm. it's a really fun gig to do. So in order to keep my job, I had to, uh, I had to make some decisions. And so last year was probably the best decision I made in terms of um, this voice acting career was to buy my equipment. And I have been getting auditions so much. I've been working a lot more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been great. But then, of course, technically, you're still like unemployed because you're not mm-hmm. working a job that has a W-2. Right. So um, what was something that interesting that happened to me was uh, on the 9th of this month of, of January... We're recording in January, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the 9th of this month, I um, got a phone call from a friend of mine who worked with me at the theater company. And she was my, she's my, my work boo. Um, we, we did everything together. Um, and she was like, are you interested in teaching? And I'm like, it depends on what it is. She's like, it's a college class. It's a senior level class. It's audition techniques. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something that's up my alley. And she's like, well, the professor of this class just dropped this entire course for the semester. And like, we, they need somebody ASAP and I suggested you. And because you're auditioning currently, you know what the, the, the audition, um, you know what the auditions look like in this current landscape. And so mm-hmm. expect a call um, to see like where this can go. Got a call from the department chair. We talked, he liked my, he liked my vibe. We had questions that went back and forth. And then um, later on that evening, it was probably like 7 or 8 p.m. He's like, you got the gig, but you got a lot of paperwork to fill out, but your first class is on Monday. So I had two, I had two days to like get myself <laughs> together. Uh-huh. As, as somebody who's never taught college before, I've taught in high schools and middle schools, but I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a syllabus. And he's like, look, here's a sample syllabus. Let's, let's go from here. This is what the class used to be. You revamp it and make it into what you need to be. So I spent the next week and a half crafting a syllabus, um, talking to people who knew what they were doing, but also like encouraging my students and letting them know, because I'm a person who's very transparent. I'm like, this is my first college class, but at the end of the day, I want you all to be ready to go out into the real world. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that y'all are ready. And I think that that's propelling my students in a way that they've never um, had that kind of fed into them before, Mm -hmm. because I they are telling me, I have students who are telling me, you are making me a better student. Um, and yesterday was their first time doing monologues for me and they were graded. And afterwards, one of the students said out of her mouth, she's amazing. She was like, um, I never wanted to get up an hour and 30 minutes before I come to class. And you make me want to actually do the practice, do the work and come into my classroom 
um, ready and prepared. And I really feel like you invest in us in a way that we don't get from a lot of other people. And I'm just like, wow. wow. And I've only been doing this since the 11th of January. And now we're, we're just getting into February. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping I keep up that momentum and I tell them the same thing. I'm like, it's a give and take with us, y'all. You keep up your end of the bargain. I'll keep up mine. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You get you get what you put in. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that's mm -hmm. how that's how we got here. That's how that's we got, how we to, got today. here. Which is <laughs> woo. That's a whirlwind, a whirlwind. It's and crazy. It's crazy. But did you ever think that, you know, OK, so I have a question for you. If uh -huh. 2020 didn't force you to buy your voiceover equipment, do you think you would have had? Like, do you think you would have? I would not have because I would have. I, I was in the mindset of the way that my apartment is set up, because I have two roommates, too. And I'm just like, the way my apartment is set up, I'm not going to be able to to record. Um, mm -hmm. But communication is key. I just have to let them know when I'm recording. Right. Um, also, I kept thinking I wasn't going to be able to have a have studio equipment unless I had a separate room to record in and mm. let me tell you all of my gigs are recorded in my closet that Popeye's gig is report recorded in my closet hello because you're sitting <laughs> in your closet right now and I'm sitting in my closet right now yes I am <laughs> like okay <laughs> that's it yes that's it that's it so it's you know from from what it sounds like to me and I and again I know you we go way back um mm -hmm. You are like, okay, what's next? What is going to happen? I am open to whatever is going to happen next for me. And you know what? Mm. I wasn't always like that. Mm, I was okay. always, yeah, I was I was a little bit impatient because the what's next for me was a different type of what's next. It was like, all right, boom, I accomplished this thing and I did the damn thing. Now, what the what's next was, what else do I have to conquer in terms of like, what else can I succeed at? And mm. who 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 gonna find me? Cause I'm I'm here. And now, okay. after reaching the age of thirty, after um, I was having this conversation with a friend not too long ago, I did not have plans for myself after the age of thirty years old. I remember mm. on my birthday saying to people, I don't know what my life is going to look like because I never planned for my life after thirty years old. I didn't know if I was going to be alive after 30 years old. And I was mm -hmm. like, if I was, I just didn't know what it literally looked like. There was nothing on my agenda past the age of 30. And um, I had one friend who's a lawyer and she was like, well, isn't that amazing? It just means that every day is going to be a new adventure for you in your 30s. And I literally had to go, you know what? I have to, I have to accept that because adventure is one of my favorite words. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yes, it is going to be an adventure. So now I am in a space of just... Whatever happens, happens. Because and and if I'm ready for it, I will res I will receive it and I will step up to the plate. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's. I think that's what this time is teaching all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, you came to it, of course, before the pandemic happened, but I think that a lot of artists, this is like okay. Maybe they did have plans, and now you're like, well. The universe is telling me those are not going to happen right now. And to be open to every day and to every moment and to everything that will come into your life. So, like, you were open and willing for these voiceovers to come in. And you knew, okay, well, I have to buy my equipment because I have a job that I could lose. So what do I need to do to not lose that job 
And also you were open to teaching. Like you said, this is the first time you're teaching college, but you're like, okay, I'll figure it out. Let me tell you a secret. I didn't want to be nobody's teacher. Okay. And and it's not because I I can't stand a professor or anything like that. I love it. It's just Mm -hmm. that I had this, like, I was watching when I was in my master's program um, way back in the day, I was watching a Mr. Holland's opus. Mm-hmm. And I know that that movie was supposed to be so hopeful, but I think at the time I was watching it, I kept being like, this man ended up being trapped in this profession. And all he wanted to do was write this, write this big opus. And yes, mm. his students got to, his students got to perform it for him, but he didn't get a chance to do what he wanted to do. And that right. whole movie is about like a, a pivot that ended up benefiting others. And I think it's so interesting to me that once my friend asked me, because I know the work she does as a teacher and as a human being and as an activist, and because me and her have worked so closely together, it was just a no-brainer to say yes um, to her because mm-hmm. I'm like, there's a purpose in this. If you're, a- if you're asking me to do this, there's, that, there's a reason, and I'm going to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understood. And you just said something that kind of, like, peaked a little a little something to me was about you know having a pivot that benefits others Mm. yeah I mean wow that's what that's what we are as artists right like our Mm -hmm. purpose is not to you know keep the art for ourselves Mm -hmm. if we have the art it's it's supposed to be given it's a gift and Mm -hmm. I know Brandy, Brandy's one of my favorite artists, by the way. She, mm-hmm. When she speaks sometimes her brandoms, like one of her things is about how like she has to give this gift. And now she's about to be on The Voice as like a, a, one of John Legend's like co-mentors. And her thing is, I have to give the world back what I was taught. And that mm-hmm. I think is the key. I don't think we can ever keep these things to ourselves. It's about... um giving the gift and not giving that gift in a way that is very much like, so you can be like me. It is, I want to prepare you and you can take and and use whatever you need, but you need, you need to be able to trust me as somebody who's not going to guide you down a wrong path. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I feel like that, that the things that we give to others are gifts. And this pivot has to be something that is going to benefit others because in turn, if you're doing it the right way, you will you will benefit off the back end too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And that's I'm just sitting here like, oh, everything you're saying is 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 exactly what this moment in time is about. And even as artists, like, oh. Yeah, how does this pivot benefit somebody else? Because if it does bring somebody else joy or encouragement or upliftment or like your students are saying, like, you're investing in me. Like, this is the first time someone's investing in me. You know, that's going to come back to you tenfold. Yep. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And it's only because I had elders who did that for me. Like, sometimes I get so um, disappointed or disconcerted with... uh, when I hear, like, one of my students was like, I feel overlooked in this department sometimes. I don't feel like anybody knows what I can do. And the biggest thing that she said was, like, I haven't received any any real training. And and she, first of all, she wowed me with this amazing monologue she did. But she said she hadn't received any training. And I'm like, 
you've been at this school for this long and you feel like you have not received any training from the people who have taught you, mm-hmm. they've done you a disservice, ma'am. And mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to be here to rectify that. I'm going to make sure that you feel like you have gotten training from an institution where you're paying them to get training. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> y- yes. <laughs> like it's absurd to me that that she's not feeling like she's gotten what she needs from a place where she's paying the money to get what she needs. It just it baffles me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's why you're there. This is your reason for being there. Yeah. And I had no say over it. And I mean, I, I had a say in like making the decision, but in terms of like how it came along and everything like that, I just had to be ready to step into it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would ask you, what would be, you know, your word of advice or like encouragement to, I would say other artists, other creatives who are, maybe getting prepared to step into their pivots right now because, you know, of the situation we're still in. And so since we don't know what the future holds, you know, how do you, how do you get ready to be in that place like, that you're at? You're like, I'm just going to accept what's coming. So, and, and this is the simplest thing I can think of right now because it's the first thing that's coming to my mind. Um, we might not know when we're going to bloom, but when we do, we got to receive the sun. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We gotta, we just have to be ready to mm-hmm. open our arms and receive what's coming because it's it's going to be beneficial. Um, when I did um, that role at Shakespeare's Globe, it the, again it was like a no brainer. It was like okay, so this is my role. I am going to make sure I I continue to keep it because I workshopped it. But mm-hmm. I was in America when I booked when I when I booked it, and they were like, you have to actually come over to London to do the auditions. You think I didn't um, find a way to help my community? Well, my community found a way to make sure I had money to fly over to London for a week so I could Mm -hmm. do the audition and the callbacks Mm -hmm. and then come back to America because they were just, I was like, there's no way that this role is going to go to somebody else. And by the time I got the, like, you, you, this is you, this is yours. It wasn't even like a, I I needed to celebrate. It was like, it was mine to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Cicely Tyson has in her new book, which I've just started reading, how she was, like, ready for the role of Rebecca in Sounder. She's like, they wanted me to play the school teacher, and I was like, no, I'm playing Rebecca. And they searched around for all these other actresses, and an actress who they wanted, um, apparently she was too much money. Mm-hmm. And and when they came back to Cicely, Cicely was like, I was just waiting for them to realize it was me all along. <laughs> Yes. So, like, when you know, you know. And, like, like I said, when you when you are ready to bloom, you just open your petals and receive the sun. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Wow. I need, yep, I'm writing that down right now, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> when you are ready to bloom, open your petals and receive the sun. Mm. Come on. <laughs> look, I look, I'm not old, old, but I got my old spirit. And so sometimes the, the little gems be up inside me somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But with that as well, little gem. So I you mentioned to me about, you know, in terms of like going back into the industry, right? You know, so now that we've had this time away, we've had time to 
rest, reflect, rejuvenate, mm-hmm. realize, ooh, do I want to hustle like that? You know, mm, not yes. saying not to go back to a hustle, but saying to hustle differently mm-hmm. when you return to the industry. And you made a comment to me about, you know, giving 99.99% of yourself, but always reserving that like 0.001% for yourself, yes. no matter what. Yes, 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 yes. So actually, I can't take credit for that, like, um, sentiment. That comes from a woman named Al Silber, who Mm -hmm. is a woman on Broadway. She taught, um, she came and did a guest teaching class with me when I was in my master's program. And it was the one thing, not the one thing that she said, but it was one of the major things that stood out. Because she's like, your 99.99% barometer is going to change every single day. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you still need to strive to give that kind of best every day um and you do need to reserve that little that little part for yourself because you can't give it all away Mm -hmm. you can't give it all away there are people out there who are burning out Mm -hmm. you need to have some time for yourself and the thing i think i noticed during the start of pandemic for a lot of people was this desire to throw themselves into work throw mm-hmm. themselves into the thing that made them comfortable or the thing that they had gotten so used to. And then they weren't, re- you know, they weren't receiving a reward for it. It was like, I'm making these videos, but for what? Am I am I about to be casting something? Nothing's casting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then they started to burn themselves out. And for me, the when the pandemic came, it was, I, I grew up an only child. So mm-hmm. it was not hard for me to be like, all right, time to stay indoors and be with my feelings and my, <laughs> you know, my thoughts. Like, uh-huh. it just wasn't a big thing for me. So when it came time for me to think about things, I was like, Tommy, just sit in this moment. Mm-hmm. Sit into what you feel. If you don't feel creative today, don't be creative today. Mm-hmm. The most I did during um, pandemic, and this might have helped my voiceover stuff, to be quite honest. I got into this habit of wishing that I had a reading podcast like LeVar Burton. So I started mm-hmm. doing nighttime readings of just anything. I read the Zola story that was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I read where the wild things are. I was reading whatever and doing it on um, Facebook Live and people could just watch. And then I was just like, I've done 50 of these. I literally did like 50 of those. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm 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 tired of this. I'm not... It's not that I'm not getting anything out of it, but it's like, I don't understand what it's doing because I don't think people are actually watching. So it was like, Tommy, redirect yourself, mm-hmm. figure out what you can do differently. And then I turned to cooking. Um, then I turned to watching TV. Mm-hmm. And then I was booking um, voiceovers because, of course, the uh, We See You type of movements were happening all over and Black Lives Matter was infiltrating almost every industry. And I was getting hired because of my voice and because of I was black. So I was like, mm-hmm. great, do this more because I'm ready. <laughs> right, right. Yes, 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 yes. And that's, you know, completely understandable. And I think that's where, you know, Tommy, we're all learning. We're all learning that it's not worth the burnout. And we're also mm-hmm. also learning like how much rest we did need and how much like for me personally I discovered how little compassion I gave myself and Mm. having this time to sit you know with my feelings with my thoughts with everything even you know the voiceover work that I'm booking I was like oh this is I'm not 
how do I put this? I'm not, I'm not hustling for it, if that makes sense. Like my agents email me and I go, okay, great. I'll get you the audition, you know, whatever it is by tonight or tomorrow morning. And then if I book it, I book it. There's no stress behind it. There's no, um, we shouldn't have anxiety. Yes. We shouldn't have immense anxiety. We shouldn't have immense anxiety about doing these things. And we do because Mm -hmm. it's such a competitive industry for us anyway. But in terms of like the anxiety factor and our anxiety is probably linked mainly to financial anxiety. Yes. It's probably not linked to anything else. It's probably for all of us artists, we are all thinking about how am I going to make money from this? Because I got to survive to the next gig. And that was the thing that I was like, I'm done living gig to gig. I am, look, I filed bankruptcy two years ago. And so I was on a financial reset anyway, starting yeah. from 2019. And so 2020 came and threw a wrench in my life a little bit. But at the same token, I was like, you know what? This ain't in my control. I know what I can control in my life right now. And I got to be in control of these particular things, like paying my rent. Mm-hmm. Once I got my final check from um, my product specialist gig, I paid my rent all the way up through November. Mm. And I was like, if I have any money for bills or whatnot, Whatever. But I know that I'm going to have a place to live because my mama, my mama, my grandmother with her hood logic was, look, you better always have money um, to pay for a roof over your head because people don't know if your bills are on, if your bills are paid, but they know when you are kicked out on the street Hmm. because in the hood, they will put your stuff out. And so that's something that's always in my head is like, look, I don't need a, I might need a phone because that's my business number. But (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily need like lights or um, cable or all these other things. I need internet now, Hmm. but I'm going to make it work. And the one thing I can't do is not have a place to live. So um, that, those kind of priorities for me they're just they're just making a difference in, in terms of like what do I see for myself and I'm not stressing myself out anymore about finances in mm-hmm. the way that I used to because I would get sick over them which yeah. meant that it raised the stakes of trying to get a job trying to get a, a, a acting job and it's like I can't just take a small job now I got to try to get that two thousand dollar a week job um, mm-hmm. and like we know that that's not for everybody and it's not going to happen for everybody so it was just a redirect Tommy what are you going to do until you can start doing those jobs that pay you like that. Right, 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 right. Yes. And, uh, you know, you say redirect, but this, you know, voiceovers are going to be in your life until forever, until you choose not to have them, you know, in your life. That's the hope. That is the hope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. As long as my voice stays on trend. Okay, yes, yes. Which which we know as well, like in the voiceover industry, which I'm, you know, I'm learning now too, is like, yeah, when is your voice in trend right now? Is it not in trend? Is it, you know, are they looking for my type of voice? Mm-hmm. If they are, great. If they're not, great. Like, it's like, there's not going to be no stress and anxiety about it. Right. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing. And also, you know what helps with not no stress and anxiety? Mm-hmm. Not having to put on clothes. Woo! And not having to get dressed up and, you know, go into a, somebody else's building. And you know when you get home, you're taking off all them clothes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. like, why am I dressed up? Why am I dressed to the nines like this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I walk into this I walk into this closet. I'm looking at all of my clothes that I don't have to put on. But my hair looks a, a, a hot a mess. Hot mess. <laughs> and I'm out here in like a regular T-shirt and some sweats. Like, come on. 
Come listen, on. The energy's listen. still there, though. The energy's still the, here. Exactly. That, that's the point, Tommy. That's the point. Listen, okay? Because I got my Sealy braids in right now. Like, hey, come on now. <laughs> my <little> okay. <laughs> and right, I'm staring right at my clothes and my shoes talking to you like, oh, those are pretty. I guess, when am I going to wear those again? Like, <laughs> Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You look right cute in that closet, clothes. Okay, you look real cute hanging up there, clothes. And my closet is color-coordinated. Oh, so you like, too? I Yes, me too. Oh, come on now. See, you my little sister for real. Right. <laughs> I didn't know your cl- Come on, Tommy. I didn't know yes. color-coordinated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Yes, they are color-coordinated. They are like... <laughs> different like I, I even got it down to like t-shirts that are plain that are folded then t-shirts that have like sayings on them that are folded and then like mm. tank tops and it's all separated and color coordinated yeah. it's a lot and so are I my shoes a, <laughs> I have my jackets and then I have like you know my casual jackets then it's all sweaters because it's winter all mm-hmm. sweaters and then I have like my suits and stuff that I don't wear but then I'll also have a little spot for my hoodies still mm-hmm. color coordinated though so yes. <laughs> I, yes, I'm here for this, Tommy. Because <laughs> you might you might be feeling like, you know, I, I think I need to, I'm going I'm to red day today. And if you can't, you got to sort you. through the red. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thank it's just too you. much work. Oh, my goodness. Get out of my head. This is literally how I, I'm like, this is how I defend, not even defend or explain my closet to people. It's by color because sometimes I go, I want to wear like a mustard yellow today. And so I go right to the mustard yellow section. Boom. Boom. And there are my options for the day. There you go. Or if I'm like, it's so simple. Or if I'm working an event, okay, I need for the next week, I need all black like leggings and shirts or dresses. Guess what? They're all in one section. Yep. Like and you ain't got to you ain't got to sift through nothing. Right. Right. Oh my goodness, Tavi. Oh I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment. <laughs> Look, I love my little organizational folk. Like there's that that's that Virgo moon in me though. Okay. Okay. See, I'm a I'm an Aries. Like I'm in I'm an Aries like Taurus Wait, cusp. I was gonna like, say, I was gonna say, because I'm an Aries too. And mm-hmm. sometimes we can be impulsive, but I think we still have we, our we still have the order. The order yes. is still there. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yes. I can definitely be impulsive, but then there's definitely like, I'm like, order. There has to be order because like, I'm starting to itch. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, things that don't make sense. I'm like, what's this is this don't make no sense. I'm 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 stressed. I'm right. I'm stressed. Somebody fix it. I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that just made me smile. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a joyful day. It's a joyful day. It's a joyful day. Oh, oh, Tommy, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing thank and you. just giving some love and some light to everybody. And that quote, I'm okay, let me make sure I say it right. That mm. what when you're ready to bloom, open your petals and receive the sun. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, yes. It. Thank you, Tommy, for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And no um before I let you go, there mm-hmm. is something that I must say to you. Okay. And that is I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. And I receive all of it. All of it. It felt like you were whispering a warm hug through the mic just right now. And I'm just receiving all of it. So thank you. Because I do the same for you. 
you are my little sister. You are my family. I think you're astounding. And now I'm going to throw this little tidbit in there. Of -hmm. course, I go go to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland, and then (laughs) your behind goes right after me. (laughs) I do. And goes to the program. But you go to the, you went to the classical um, acting side, and I was at the musical theater side. So Exactly. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Following right overseas. Right? (laughs) But we have so many links. Like, y'all, we went to Temple together for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, then I transferred to Montclair State, Hold on. and then we, we were in a musical together too, y'all. We were we were in a musical together. <laughs> we were in company at yes. by Stephen Sondheim, living our best. It was what me, life. you, and another. <laughs> it was our other friend Ashley, who with three black folks in this mm-hmm. Sondheim musical. And I think I was like a principal, and it was mm-hmm. a big deal. But mm-hmm. I had literally just told y'all about those auditions when y'all were my. Or, oh, I was I was her orientation leader, y'all. Yes. That's that's yes. why we go way, 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 way back. back. He was my orientation leader at Temple. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. And then I, I follow right behind you. You <laughs> do. You do. You do, Tommy. You do. And I, I appreciate that. And I love that. And like, I I know Tommy always got my back. Yes. And yeah. And then I follow right behind you, like you said, and go to the same grad school, different program mm-hmm. though. But Yeah. Oh, Tommy, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for sharing space with me and allowing me to share space with you. Of course, of course. I love you. I love you too. Tommy, thank you so much for sharing. That moment we just had about color-coordinated closets? I can't. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Anyway, a gem that I want to keep, and I hope you do too, is whenever you're ready to bloom... Open your petals and receive the sun. I love it so much. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tommy. And thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon.